On today's show, we really we take a deep dive into looking outside of the obvious thing that we have to invest, which is money, and there's so many other things that we have. I'm not going to spoil the show here, but needless to say, tune in to the end because there's some really golden nuggets there about how you can improve your capacity to earn an income. Everything we talk about on today's podcast is general advice only because we don't know your individual personal situation. Before you act on anything we've spoken about, you should chat to your financial advisor. And if you don't have one, feel free to reach out to us. Now, on to today's show. Hi, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Wealth Collective Podcast. It's Pete Pennycott here, and I'm joined by my trusty co-host, Zach Masters. Hey, Pete. How are you going? Feeling good. Sun's out. Guns are not out, though, today. So yeah, I've got Hidden to... away in a suit jacket. Well and truly hidden away in a suit jacket. So, uh, but I actually am planning to get to the gym tonight. So we'll see how that goes. Not actually get there. Um, what about you, Good Zach? Luck. You've been hitting the gym pretty hard. No, not not hard enough. Um, so hopefully I'll be there as well. So I might see you there. Yeah. Um, gonna get in now that this weather's starting to get a little bit better. Um, I'm a bit concerned because it's uh, coming up to you know swimsuit season. <coughs> so I'm a little worried about the old dad bods. Um, yeah, well, not ready for show just yet. <laughs> so the, the dad bods are um, more popular nowadays, aren't they? That's what they're, they're saying. Gosh, I hope so. <laughs> um, but in other news, like, there's been a fair bit happening. The RBA has come out with their meeting minutes, sort of signalling that um, things are not necessarily headed for high amounts of growth. So, um, especially focused on the housing market as well. So, um, it looks like there's less buildings getting approved now. So, less plans sort of going... And getting approved, so it looks like you know that's a bit of a canary in the coal mine for a couple of years down the track. Mm. Um, so there's a lot of work already sort of in the works and being completed, um, but obviously with less developments and less properties um, getting approved, that means that in a couple of years' time, where perhaps there'll be um, a bit more job losses as well. So uh, and you know that lack of confidence potentially might flow into retail sales. So um, I don't know about what your Christmas list looks like, but I think people tend to shop a little bit harder and spend a bit more um, you know, if they've got confidence that sort of the, the work's going to be there. Yeah, exactly. So I think um, well, I've got most of, hopefully I'll get most of mine done pretty soon. Um, but then again, that's something we were talking about um, the other week is, you know, where are people doing their shopping? Are they doing it in bricks and mortar stores? Well, apparently they're doing Australia it in China much. on Singles Day. <laughs> $38 billion is pretty nuts for a 12-hour, well, not 12-hour, 24-hour period. Which yeah. Just... It's staggering to me. Yeah, crazy, crazy numbers. So that's the the thing is no doubt there'll be a lot of packages coming into the office. Yeah, but people aren't too skint because I can't get my AirPods Pro delivered. So I just found out today there are further delays because yeah, they're all Apple sold out. Apple fans are, um, have heaps and heaps of heaps of money. They're yeah. like, they're <laughs> straight, up, straight away, they're ready and always ready to go. That happens every time with a new Apple product. I was a bit slow and I thought, oh, yeah, I've, I've waited out the, the mad rush. But no, I can't can't get my pair. So I did see some gold-plated ones that were going <laughs> yeah, for about... 100 like, grand. 100 yeah. grand. So now mine are just the plain white <laughs> stock standard uh, issue. So um, yeah, going on to... Well, we're talking about money. So here we are. Today's show, I wanted to talk about things that we've got to invest and take a bit of a um, little bit of a different view perhaps than just the traditional things we've got to invest, which is our money. Um, but yeah, they're all finite resources uh, and money is the one we're going to lead with, but also taking a look at time, energy and our skills as well because I think they're all different aspects that um, we have to invest. So let's let's jump into it, Zach. So do you want to kick us off with the, the obvious, Captain Obvious one of 
we've got to invest money. Yeah, so most of the time when people think about what they have to invest, they think about money and think about buying real assets like property shares, um, etc. So by doing this, you can obviously create passive income, but they often um, forget about the, the other things that they have to invest. So obviously money's an easy one. Um, we invest money in assets that hopefully start to generate some growth and income for us um, yeah. and then passive income then coming from that or using those funds in the future to do something that you want to with them. No, yeah, very good. And I think it's you say it's easy, but um, <coughs> it's not necessarily easy to sort of do on a you know, consistent basis. So I think the yeah. thing, what I'd focus on, I think you mentioned it, which is a great term, passive income. Really want to invest in growth assets over a long period of time. Be disciplined right out the bumps because they will be there. Um, but you do want to be sending some of your income or your salary, depending on if you're self-employed or an employee, and putting that away into long-term growth assets mm. because you will reap the benefits and let compound interest do its do its thing. Well, it's that old school mentality of there's two ways to make money. It's you plus money, um, you plus work equals money and your money at work equals more money. So yeah. that, that's that second part um, that we're talking about, the money side yeah. of things. And if you don't invest, I think the, the takeaway is you're going to have to work forever mm. and then hope hope that there's an age pension or social security that will um, satisfy your living expenses. Yeah. Um, the smarter thing to do is actually yeah, try and spend less than what you earn consistently and invest the rest um, and let that take care of itself. So don't be crazy. Um, do that. So I think that's a good one. But let's talk about time. So time, very, very finite res- resource. Um, we've all got the same amount of time. Yep. I've, I've Googled this and checked. Yeah, no one's got extra. Did you hear about um, Jason Derulo the other week? No, hang on. So Jason Derulo came out on um, Sunrise, I think it was. And that someone said, oh, like, how do you, so busy, like, how do you get everything done? And he said, oh, like, I travel between America and different um, oh, no, time zones didn't. quite a bit. And so I, I get a bit of extra time in each day. <laughs> and I was just like, what? <laughs> um, so if you subscribe to that method, then that's something you can potentially do, I guess, to get a bit extra time. I thought it was going to be really left to send in, like, his Ant-Man and going into no, the quantum realm. he seriously thinks that he gets extra time in a day by flying between different um, time zones. Thank you. Thank God he's got some musical talents <laughs> yeah. there because uh, I think his uh, scientific background might be a little bit wanting. <laughs> um, so yeah, like this one is, it's a really finite resource. So it doesn't matter how wealthy you are, if you're Jeff Bezos or if you're uh, Pete Bannicott. Um, <laughs> and there's a big gulf between the, um, the uh, number of zeros after our <laughs> bank account balances. Um, we've still got only the same 24 hours um, per day to, yep. to utilize. So it's being efficient with your time and effective. Uh, and I think the key takeaway here is in one, yeah, it's the Pareto principle. It's picked up in a lot of literature. Um, I sort of came across it early in my time uh, in one of Tim Ferriss's uh, early uh, publications, which are the four-hour work week. It's mm-hmm. just sort of focusing on you're going to get 80% of results from 20% of um, the things you do. Um, so often if you focus on the highest priority and highest impact activities, it's going to generate most of your results anyway. So that's where you've got to start. Um, and I think the best way to do this is you know, have lists, be organized, um, and be you know, conscious about what you're doing with your, your time and energy. So, oh, I've jumped into the Ooh, next jumped one. jumped into energy, yeah. Jumping the gun. Um, yeah, so that's where something like automating, I find, is a very good way um, to use time most effectively. So, this can come into things like investments and so on. But if you can automate more things and it stops you having to step in and um, do them at each time and things like that. Yeah, so it's um, like manually doing um, like regular payments into your investment or or doing bills <laughs> that you know are going to be ones that you need to pay. Yeah, like so. just set up a direct debit um, or, or switch to direct debit rather than you having to sit there and pay the bill or 
um, things like that, because then there's more likely a chance of you potentially, uh, you know, forgetting about it, not doing it, having to pay um, late fees, different things like that. So if you can automate where possible, um, there's a big benefit to that. But and on the investment front as well, it's really getting over the behavioral biases that we have of going, oh, yeah, of course I'll buy when it's low. Yeah. Well, yeah, when the market's down 40%, you're potentially watching the news and hearing bloodbath on the ASX. Yeah. Down. Oh, wait till next week, when down, it, down, next month when it goes down. back up a bit. Or, yeah, and you'll um, always go, oh, you'll kick the can down the road and then perhaps miss those best days. And mm. it only takes you missing a couple of the best days to actually substantially reduce your returns. So um, that's a big one. I like outsourcing. Yeah. Uh, big fan of this. And you can do it in all facets of your life. Yeah, so you can do it on a micro um, level. Um, I have heard fantastically that someone outsourced their their work so they didn't even have to come into work they oh, just really? sort of how they do that overseas yeah va <laughs> oh, so geez. virtual assistants sort of outsourced all of them just kept rolling up to work and doing other things i think they were running a, um, a fantasy baseball team uh, <laughs> wow. from the desk so um that's the extreme so we don't promote that level of um going that deep with it but i think things like you know um other sort of parts of your life that you don't derive a lot of enjoyment from that you can get done at a lower economic cost than what you're earning so Whatever your hourly rate is, and the easiest way to do that is calculate how many hours a week you're working mm-hmm. um, and then you know, work out how much your earnings are. Um, run those two um, and sort of calculate, okay, this is my hourly rate, so can I outsource this at a lower rate? And then do something more meaningful with your time. So for me, one of the early ones we did was hire a cleaner. They also do a better job than me because I'm mm. not great at cleaning. There's certain things I'm good at cleaning. I don't mind getting in there and the, doing the shower, so... Um, I don't know why. It's just something. <laughs> Maybe it's the fumes that get me. Um, but yeah, you can do that at a lower cost. I don't derive enjoyment from it. Um, but yeah, and that works because then you can sort of go do something, either earn more money, yeah, um, or you know take care of your health or something like that, and go to the gym or sort of walk the dogs or sort of spend time with family that you're actually going to derive some joy from. It's actually more valuable to you because uh, it's not all about raw dollars. It's about what you sort of where you're getting value. Um, so that's a big one. I think professionals as well. Um, you should be looking to outsource because a lot of stuff's publicly available. You can read all the legislation in the world. Um, you can sort of read all the investment reviews. But can someone do it quicker, more efficiently um, and allow us free more up your time to do Yeah, Potentially, yeah. Yes, I think so. So, you know, yeah, we can all log on MyGov and do our sort of tax return. Well, is that the best use of our time? Yeah. For some people, the answer might be yes. But for a lot of people, they'd be better off doing something else. Yeah. Are you aware of potentially everything that you might be able to claim? Um, Therefore, are you missing out on um, potential little tax breaks or windfalls here that an accountant might be able to pick up? Um, Yeah. So, that's definitely a good one there. Yeah. It's even things like I came across someone who's actually trying to sell their property themselves instead of getting a real estate agent store. Mm. Uh, And real estate agents are not inexpensive. Um, but the the time that this person's going to spend on selling this property, um, for me, I'm looking at it going, this is um, a critical sort of a, you know misuse of time. Yeah, when you add up all the hours and times it by your hourly rate. But I guess becomes... the trade-off when I've sort of asked them, they're, in, they're enjoying the process. So yeah. I go, okay, I can see where that comes from, but it's not for everyone. So I don't think there's any sort of hard and fast rules on this, but outsource things that you can be done uh, at a lower cost than what you can sort of earn. And also, I think I agree with you, automate things as well. But uh, And this will feed in kind of to the, the energy part that we're going to speak about yeah. next. Um, Arnold the Schwarzenegger's more time big on this. More Hurry energy. Up. More energy. <laughs> more energy. <laughs> um, yeah, so the more time that obviously you can free up 
to do what you're passionate about or do what you're good at is going to obviously save in energy. So energy, um, I think Rhiannon wrote a blog that you wanted to talk about. Um, uh, yeah, so bit. I think her one's all about there's a lot of friction in our lives where you're sort of going, you're overthinking decisions and going back to what I mentioned before about the 80-20 rule, you're overthinking and spending time and spending mental headspace. So we've only got so much processing power in our brains mm. before we get burnout and sort of... or yeah, just go, oh, I've had enough and sort of then kick the can down the road. Um, so this one was really all about too many choices on a day-to-day basis. Um, and I think Rhiannon used the, uh, there was an example from Stanford um, of just having, you know, jams. Okay, there's 24 jams. Um, and then sort of breaking that down to go, well, most people only purchased 3%, sort of one to two of the jams, even though they had the choice of 24. So people went to the old favorites. Yeah, I imagine it was raspberry, raspberry and strawberry. I don't know, what's your favourite jam? Yeah, probably raspberry. Good, yeah. Well, apricot's <laughs> up there as well. Um, but then what they did, I think they also, they cut that down to six and people still chose, and these are different people, mm. still chose the same one to two jams. So, yeah, that sort of cut it down to 30%. So I think if... But a lot can, more people ended up purchasing the jams with the smaller amount. Yeah, um, and the takeaway here is with less choice, you're more likely to get action. Yeah. Um, so... And, you know, choice is a healthy thing, but I think in the modern society, we've got too much of it. Yeah, you become overwhelmed a bit by... Even, like, when I go to buy a pair of sneakers or clothes online, I've got, I can buy them from, like, hundreds or thousands of different stores. Mm. So then I sort of have paralysis by analysis. I probably spend hours comparing it. Which one's got cheaper shipping? Okay, which one do I get quicker? You're probably going to buy the ones that you looked at first. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's probably all, all the same ones. Yeah. So the same shoes and I'm sort of wasting time. Oh, okay. In the end, I got the cheapest one, but it was cheapest by probably so $3. Bucks, yeah. yeah. Um, and I've spent hours on it and who knows, you know, was was that work? Was it a good use of my time and energy? Um, so I think it's really too much choice, too much over-analysis or paralysis by analysis uh, means we are less likely to take action. So um, that's the one for me of just going... Focus your energy on things that matter. So if they don't matter and they're trivial, just maybe sort of you know put them to the side and go, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And then focus on things that are actually going to matter a lot more and those bigger decisions, um, which probably goes back to some of the outsourcing as well. Yeah, and you spoke about burnout um, a bit earlier. So in May, um, the World Health Organization added burnout to its international classification of diseases. So this is becoming more and more of an issue for a lot of um, workers. And it's not just a millennial issue, as some people often think. A large study into the mental health of corporate Australia um, conducted last year found that almost one in three workers from a range of industries was suffering from some form of mental illness. And um, if we go back to the first point of needing, you know, wanting money to invest, if that's part of this, um, then you need to usually be working. Um, so you're no good if you, you're unable to work or you've got no energy to do to do anything. Um, and you're not well, so health becomes a big part. So making sure that you're not burnt out um, and using your energy in the most efficient ways possible by doing the things like outsourcing, um, automating, and um, you know not getting too fatigued by all the decisions that we have to make means that you're more likely to be successful and can be able to continue to work well, and you can be earn present. income. And you can yeah. spend time doing, if you're passionate about the things you're doing, so you've outsourced the stuff you don't either don't care about or is invaluable, and you focus all your time and energy on things you're, passionate about getting joy from or making good money out of um, so it's a high return on investment that's where the magic happens and that's where you can get that compounding effect and if you do this over and over again and 
what I'd say about all of these things. It's not an overnight click your fingers and um, it all happens. It's mm. a gradual sort of compounding effects of these things happening on a daily, monthly, annual basis and doing them consistently. I think that's when you get the big um, outcomes as well. Uh, and I think the segue here is if you preserve your mental energy and your physical energy and avoid burnout, you get to sort of focus on the biggest and best asset that you've got, which is you. So yeah. skill, yeah, all the skills you've got, you're the, for most people, unless you've got a big inheritance or you've come from um, a background of large family wealth, more likely than not, your ability to go out and earn an income from either running your business or being an employee and being a highly valued employee is going to be your sort of the greatest earnings capacity you're possibly going to have out of all of your assets. Yeah, exactly. And that's where... Um I read a book recently by Seth Godin um, called Lynchpin, and that's all about making yourself indispensable. Um, so obviously, the way the world's trending is if you're in a role or a job that um, you know requires not much thought or creativity or um, you're not upskilling yourself or getting better and things like that, the likelihood is that potentially you know, a robot could come and take over that role and do it at a far more efficient and far cheaper rate than what you're able to do so it's um talks a lot about the book about going what skills do you have that are unique to you you know what are you passionate about and creative to and that's the key to wealth creation that people often forget um is that their ability to earn income or earn more of an income over time can make a massive difference to um, their financial position at the end of the day yeah and i think this is underappreciated so and you don't need to do it on a massive level like this isn't i invest in your skills and everyone has to go out and get an mba an MBA might be completely irrelevant for what you do and what you're passionate about. Yeah. But I think things like, are you reading regularly about things you're um, interested in? Are you improving your people skills or soft skills if that is going to add value to your employability or your desirability for future employers? Because um, you can't fight change. Yeah. Um, if you know the people who were running around the horses and carts never learned how to drive... Well, fair to say they're going to be out of a job. Um, mm. But I think you need to embrace change. Try and see it coming as well of going, hey, look, I think as you're right, like if it is ripe for automation and most parts of the economy potentially are as artificial intelligence improves and computing power improves, um, but there are parts of the economy that w will not be or perhaps you know, you servicing the technology or doing that. Um, so it might be like automakers suffered in the Victorian economy and a lot of them lost their jobs. Yeah. Um, but perhaps for a lot, for some of them, their skills were transferable. And it's not going to be for everyone. It's horrible that it happens. But um, I guess what we want to try and do is be proactive about it. So can you reskill, retool, or reapply the sk or skills you've already got to perhaps engineering on some of these big infrastructure projects? Yeah. And um, trying to look at forward and going, you know, am I in an industry that's ripe for disruption, as you've spoken about? Um, and going, you know, trying to look ahead and see, is there a future in the industry that I'm in? Um, and then whether I can transfer my skills to something else that might, uh, you know, generate me more income or an income in the future as well. Yeah, and sometimes you might take a step back, but do something you're more passionate about as well. So you want to make sure you're always there. Um, you're in demand. So you want skills that are in demand. And, you know, there's, a, there's sources for this. You can jump on Seek or sort of other jobs boards and say, okay, mm seems to be heaps of these jobs going or, hey, when I was watching the news or sort of reading, they're saying there's a skills shortage in this area because there's still skills shortages. So there's yeah. jobs that we don't have enough people to fill. 
Um, and yeah, it might not be easy to just switch there overnight, but it's never too late to learn. It's never too late to learn a new skill. Um, Even if it's potentially something that you're interested in, it's going, you know, the job offers 20000 or 30000 more than what you're currently on as well, but you go, oh, I could upskill slightly and, and get that. Yeah, and I even know one of our one of the people that sort of um, we know socially, he's sort of, you know, was in his mid thirties and just changed careers completely. Mm. And that's that's not it's becoming some, more and more that's often. Not something new. Like people do that people. All, all the time. Yeah. Um, but even like sort of later in people's careers, like into their fifties and sixties, they're going, Hey, I'm gonna do a pivot. I've got great life experience, I've got great skills. But hey, I'm going to apply myself and do some extra learning. I might do that after hours while I'm still employed, which I would suggest is a an easier and less um, financially stressful way to do it. Do it while you're employed, yeah. Um, and then get ready and start actively looking because um, yeah, it is something that's easier to do without the financial pressure added to it. And then even if you're in a role at the moment that you're not particularly enjoying and you're finding it hard and you you don't want to keep doing it, like I know I've got a um client who was you know working for the banks and and hated it and um, working yeah, for doing the banks I yeah. it was like <laughs> highest sort of employee engagement scores <laughs> of any in industry um, oh okay but then they they decided that they're very interested in construction and things like that so they've gone back and started studying construction like a complete 180 pivot from yeah. where they were at but a complete um, in the bank pivot. but they're a lot happier what's that more might, might be five years yeah and five years seems like an eternity at times but five years goes really quickly, yeah. Uh, especially if it's something you're enjoying. So, yeah, I'd encourage people to do that. And look, you know, you can start small with books, online courses. I know, like, I've attempted to start learning to code at times, um, like Treehouse. Like LinkedIn has a learning section as well, um, which I think is the Linda rebranded into something. So it's quite inexpensive. Um, yeah. And even things like General Assembly. There's a lot of free sort of um, introductory courses Classes that you can do. And things like that, yeah. A lot of it can be done online um, or in an of, of an evening anyway when you sort of, you know, you can go there after work. Mm. And I'm not getting paid by any of these businesses, <laughs> but these are all things I've looked at as well to go, I wouldn't mind a few extra strings to my bow. Yeah. Um, in addition to like, you know, we're constantly doing, like you just, congratulations, passed your um, phasia or phasia exam. Yep. Thank you. Lots of study that went into that, lots of hard work, but it's it's sort of advancing and pushing you forward. So you're ready for this next wave of change that we've got coming in our industry. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, I think it's a big one. I think this is where you can move the needle the most. So if it's the highest impact and the sooner you start, the better, but it's never too late. Um, even into retirement, you can up, upgrade your skills, um, which I hope some of the, or my, the people around me who are a little bit older, shout out to my mum, <laughs> um, maybe upgrading her skills on using an iPhone. Um, so Apple, <laughs> apparently the Apple store has some great uh, <laughs> courses that if you can do. my dad could figure out how to stop pocket dialing me, that'd be that'd be great. Do oh. they teach that or? Uh, I hope so because I've actually done that recently. <laughs> so <I'm, laughs> I might fall into that category <laughs> as well. Um, yeah, well, we might wrap it up there. But I think, you know, the takeaways here are it's not just your money you've got to invest. And obviously money is a sort of a, I guess, an output from where you invest your time, where you invest your energy and where you invest your skills. And I think if we focus on, I guess, everything that we've got, all these finite resources um, and perhaps ones that are a little bit less obvious, yeah, we can have a much more financially um, successful and sort of financially liberating future uh, if we do this on a routine basis. So Definitely. uh, Hopefully people got something out of today um, and hopefully they sort of jump on a a few of these... uh, online providers and general assembly and these guys will get a massive yeah, let influx. us know how you go yeah no worries well enjoy uh and we'll see you all next week cheers